Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here today. I know there was a blizzard out there on your way in, and, and people are driving slow, right? Who here was driving slow? Like you're one of the slow drivers? Okay, I see you. I'm not following you out of the parking lot, for sure. <laughs> hey, uh, coming up, a couple more announcements. Coming up uh, next weekend, we will be taking orders for some lighthouse wear. Um, we've been getting some requests for, hey, can I get a sweatshirt? Uh, can I get a t-shirt? That kind of thing. So we're going to have options, different options for you uh, to order your lighthouse wear. And it will be delivered the Sunday before Christmas. So if you wanted to buy the grandkids something, you can do that as well. That's next weekend. And uh, I would encourage you, if you don't have a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or something like that, to to pick one up. I was wearing a sweatshirt the other day, and Rose and I were walking through our neighborhood, met some of our new neighbors, and we were just chatting for a little while. And then pretty soon she said, hey, so you go to Lighthouse. I'm like, how did you know I go to Lighthouse? Because I didn't realize I was wearing a Lighthouse you know, sweatshirt, but it's a great way just to let people know uh, where you go to church and, and possibly then invite them, which is part of our initiative right now, as you guys know. Take five to invite five. We're just asking everyone to take a five pack of invite cards and uh, take five minutes between now and the end of the year and invite five people because it takes about a minute, I think, to invite someone to church. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. Um, don't do what I did, though. The other day I was at a restaurant. And I was getting ready to leave, and I said, hey, here's, said to the waitress, hey, if you don't have a church home, you know, come visit us. And she goes, well, do you have services that aren't on Sunday mornings? Because I always work on Sunday mornings. And I said, just call in sick, you know, and you can come. She goes, wouldn't that be wrong to do? No, it's fine. I didn't tell her I was the pastor or anything. So, uh, like, man, that wasn't very good. So... Don't do that, but invite people to come to church. Um, so to introduce today's message, um, we're going to watch a short video clip from The Chosen. How many of you have seen the videos, The Chosen? All right. If you haven't seen those yet, I would encourage you, find those on YouTube, download the app or whatever. Um, I don't normally promote Christian movies or videos because, what, they're usually pretty cheesy, right? I mean, you're like, oh you got to have a lot of grace to watch some of those, you know? Um, but these are actually fantastic. I would encourage you, if you haven't seen them, uh, I encourage you to do that. This is a short video clip from episode three, season one, where Jesus is interacting with children. And uh, in this clip, um, Jesus is away from his camps. He's camping out, uh, has a camp set up, and a little girl stumbles upon his camp. So watch this. I'm sailing away.
Now, what struck me on that video was the fact that this little girl was in this, this camp and it had all kinds of cool things, right? It had a little boat, it had food, you know, different tools, and yet she didn't take any of it, right? And I mean, at one point, you know, she picks up that piece of food and she thought about eating it and then something stopped her in that moment. And nobody was around, nobody could have seen what was was happening, but there was a sense within her that just said, okay, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that back. Her parents, if they had seen that, would have been incredibly proud, right? I mean, like, oh, we raised her right. But I would submit to you, it's not necessarily how we raise someone. There was, yes, we need to teach them right and wrong, but not everybody grabs a hold of that. See, this little girl had something inside of her at a young age. We would call it, you know, honesty maybe. We might call it integrity. But for today, what I'm going to what I'm going to refer to is that she had an incredible amount of character. Of character. Here's the definition of character. Moral excellence and firmness. She had an incredible amount of moral excellence and firmness. And I like this definition. Character is doing what is right when no one else is around. Doing what is right when nobody can see it, you could get away with it, but you're still going to do the right thing, mostly because you know that it's just the right thing to do. But as we know, God sees everything, so we're never like completely alone. Um, we know good character when we see it, though. And we know bad character when we see that as well. Here's a couple of historical figures. Um, the first one is Martin Luther. He had incredible character. He was a German Catholic priest in the 1500s. And he believed that scripture was the supreme authority and that everyone should have access to it. And so he translated the Bible into common German and was excommunicated from the church as a result. He knew the risk, but he was going to do what was right, no matter the cost. He had character. And then another German, Adolf Hitler, had incredibly terrible character, right? I mean, he believed that he was racially superior to the Jews. He lied and manipulated, and his Nazi party um, ended up murdering six million Jews. So he's someone we're like, he had no character, a poor character. Then you have Abraham Lincoln. He was known as Honest Abe. But more than that, he fought to free slaves. I mean, that was, and he did, he accomplished that and uh, was probably murdered as a result, but he had character. And then we have Benedict Arnold. We've all heard of Benedict Arnold. He's known as a what? A traitor, right? I um, did a little research on him because I think I fell asleep during American history because I was like, I know he's a traitor. I don't remember much more. And so uh, for those of you that were sleeping at the same time, um, Benedict Arnold was a commander in the United States Army, and he was going to give up his fort. He was going to turn it over 
to the Brits. And uh, they found out about it, so he fled, and he ended up defecting to uh, the Britain side. But then what he did was he became a commander of the army there and led the British army against the very army that he had commanded, the very troops that he had commanded. I mean, just no character there at all. Now, for the younger ones here, and I know that you guys know this, right? High School Musical. Does that ring a bell with anyone? There's a couple of people and, and a couple of students. Some had character, some didn't, right? So here's one that I think had an incredible amount of character. Gabriella, she did. She had great character. And then do you guys know who didn't have very good character? What was that? Sharpay, right? No high school musical fans here at all. Okay, sorry. That's just what I watch when I'm home alone. It's just I just go watch high school musical one, two, three, ten. Three. Is it only three? <laughs> okay. Um, having character is a good thing. It's a good thing. And we all want to be around those people with good character. And it's a struggle when we're around people that don't have very good character. This is what King Solomon said about a wife with good character. He said in Proverbs chapter 12, A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. That's good character versus poor character. Uh, Proverbs 31 says, a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. That's you, babe, just so you know. Brag about my wife. She's a woman of character. Um, another name, another word for character in the Bible, uh, you might use the word righteous, like because a righteous person does what is right when nobody is looking, that kind of a thing. Here's a few scriptures about the righteous. Psalms 112, verse 6 says, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. And James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We definitely want a righteous person praying for us. And then Proverbs 24.16, For though a righteous Though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. They don't give up. You know, there's, so there's statements about those who have character, those who are righteous, and I think that's who we want to be, and it's definitely who we want to be around. Well, today we're going to be reading a story about two men, and uh, they go through a time of testing. These two men go through a time of testing, and their character is revealed. And one of them, their character is a very solid foundation in their lives. It's very solid. Uh, they have very good character. And the other one, we're seeing that their character is lacking. And you might know one of the Bible story characters already. This is King David. He's one of them, and we're going to read this story. Um, but uh, let me tell you, we're in a series called Finding Hope. Uh, it's time to dream again. And it's a series about hope, of course, but it's a, it's a process to find hope especially this last 18 months, right? Has it been difficult to find hope over the last 18 to 20 months? Yeah, there's a process to finding hope. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. So the series is about finding hope, but it takes suffering, perseverance, character, and then we get to hope. And uh, last week, we talked about perseverance. Last week, we talked about perseverance. It was called 
the first hurdle to hope. And if you missed that message, I would encourage you to go online. You can watch that. Um, and then next week, we will be ending our series talking about hope. So I'm excited about next week. But today, today we're going to focus on the concept of character. The concept of character. And you can turn in your Bibles if you'd like. We're in 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel is pretty much the middle of the Old Testament. It's right before you get to Kings and Chronicles. So if you're turning there and you get to Kings and Chronicles, just turn back a few books. But uh, in this section of Scripture, uh, we're going to read about uh, King David and then one of his fighting men, Uriah. Um, and it's a long section. I'm going to just take some time and read right through it and uh, hear the whole story. And then we'll come back and uh, I'll make some observations from this, some things we can learn from this story. But as I read it, be just listening to David and what he does, and then kind of compare that to Uriah and what he does. So 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 17. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabah, but David himself remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to, to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. So David sent this word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told, Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my commander Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. And then David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with them, with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it to Uriah, sent it with Uriah. In it he wrote, Put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. So while Joab and the city had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. 
So our message today is character reveal, the testing of two men. And I'm going to give us three lessons that I think we can learn from this on character, from this story. Uh, but first, let me pray. So Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive from you. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Your words are so much better than mine. And Lord, I do pray that you would help me to communicate your heart for today's message, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, three lessons learned from David and Uriah. First of all, point number one is that poor character is costly. Poor character is costly. So in this story, I think you can see it's, I'm talking about King David is the one with poor character. And Uriah is the one with good character. So David, first of all, he makes the mistake of not going to war. I don't know if you caught that. It was in the spring when, when the kings went off to war and he stayed back. And he didn't know what to do with himself, so he ends up getting himself into trouble. And instead of owning up to it, the first thing he does is he tries to cover it up. And then that just leads from one thing to the next until Uriah is killed. Now the story goes on from there. He actually ends up marrying the grieving widow of Uriah, Bathsheba, and she ends up having a baby boy. So David thinks that all is good, right? He has, he's got the girl, he's got a new baby boy, he's covered up all of his sin, and then God sends Nathan the prophet. <laughs> boy, those prophets, got to watch out for those prophets. We have a few in this church, you just don't ever talk to them. Just stay, walk around them, don't talk to them. No, but he sends, God sends Nathan the prophet to confront uh, David. And he says, and he just tells him that he's, see, he has sinned. And verse uh, 13 and 14 of chapter 12, this is how David responds. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. So he, he realizes his sin. He repents of his sin. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. See, we're talking about Old Testament law. In the Old Testament, it was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, life for a life. So David had Uriah killed, an innocent man killed. And so he deserved to die, right? He was the one. But God forgave him, but somebody had to die, and it ended up being his new baby boy. Bathsheba's new baby boy. Bathsheba, many biblical scholars believe that she was raped by David. That she didn't submit to him willingly. And if that's the case, we don't know fully the story, but we definitely know that she didn't know about this command to have Uriah killed. She didn't partake in that. And yet her son was killed. When we lack character, it will cost us. There's a penalty when we lack character. And as I was thinking about this this week, I was thinking about areas in my life where I have lacked character where I lack character, where I have lacked character. And uh, one area is in the area of gossip. Anybody struggle with gossip? You ever been there? You, nobody raises their hands, all right? We'll keep it all down on the down low. 
Um, but it's when you, when you talk about somebody who's not in the room and you're not talking in a good way. That's really what gossip is. Anytime you're talking to somebody about somebody and it's not positive, that's, that's gossip. Right? That's just gossip. And so God has confronted me on that. And the, and the thing is, you know, there's been those times when I've talked about somebody and then I think who I'm talking to is going to keep it quiet. I don't know why I think they're going to keep it quiet because I didn't keep it quiet, right? So there's an assumption that they're going to keep it quiet, but they don't. And then they tell somebody else and then they tell somebody else. And pretty soon it makes it back to the person you're talking about. And then that can ruin friendships. That can ruin reputations. And so gossip is one of those things where we, we talk like this because of a lack of character. And it can be costly. And there's lots of other areas. You can write this down. A lack of character will, character will eventually hurt the people we love. We should want character in our lives because it will, if we don't have it, it'll hurt those around us. Here's the second point. Um, good character runs deep. This was, this was helpful for me. It's just kind of a side note in there, but I, I just, Uriah has this incredible character. You know, he comes back from, from the war, hasn't seen his wife probably in months, and uh, David gives him full permission, go home, spend the night in your own house, and he won't do it. He won't do it. He'll sleep outside because Joab, his, his commander, and all of his fellow army, worker, or army soldiers are just sleeping outside, so he's, he's not going to take it easy. And then even more than that, King David, with his lack of character, says, man, he's not going home. I can't cover up my sin. Well, let's get him drunk. Let's get him drunk, and he'll definitely wander home. And so King David gets him drunk, and even in his stupor, he just wanders out to the same mat in the servants' quarters and doesn't go home. It's deep. So we should want good character because it'll, it'll stand the trials of this life. It'll stand the test of time. But what if you don't have good character today? What if as we're teaching this message, reading this story, you're, you're thinking about your life and you're going, I don't know. I don't know if I have good character. I don't know if I relate more to King David or more to Uriah. Well, here's the good news. This is your point number three. Character can be constructed. That's good news for me. Hopefully it's good news for you as well. See, David, King David, was the one who was lacking in character. But when he was confronted, he repented. That's the beginning, all right? When we're confronted with our inadequacies, when we're confronted with our sinful tendencies, it's our decision to repent that changes everything. And that's what David did. At this point in the story, based on what he did, we can see that he didn't have very much character. Um, I pointed this out in first service, so I want to do it here as well. But David wrote a death warrant for Uriah the Hittite. He sealed it, and he gave it to Uriah and said, go deliver this to Joab. He didn't even have the common decency to send a different messenger. He had Uriah 
carry it himself. And here's the other thing. He trusted Uriah that he wouldn't open it because Uriah had such a high level of character. So your opinion of David's pretty low right now, right? Because it, it should be, because that's where David was at. But God had a plan for David. Now, David did go through some trials after this. He repented. Let me back up for a second. In the New Testament, Jesus died on the cross as the punishment for our sins. Okay? In the Old Testament, it was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and someone had to die. But in the New Testament, we get to put all of our punishment on Jesus Christ. All right? And so we don't have to be punished for our sins. So when we repent, Jesus carries those sins because he already died for everything that we've ever done wrong. Everything we've ever done wrong. But we have to repent. We have to repent. Now, sometimes, though, there are consequences. I will say that. There are consequences to behaviors. That's not punishment. All right? And sometimes there is discipline that we need to receive to correct behavior. But Jesus took the punishment for all of our sins. Now, to go back to this. So this is what David goes through. First, his son dies. He has to comfort his wife again. She, was, she had lost her husband. Now she had lost her son. And then later on in David's life, his son, he has a son named Amon, who ends up raping his daughter named Tamar, David's daughter Tamar. So he had this crazy stuff happening within his family. So then Absalom hears about this and wants to defend his sister Tamar and kills Amon. Like, so now there's murder that's happening in it's rape and murder happening in David's household. Absalom is kicked out of the kingdom for three years. And David's like, oh, I lost my son, Amen. Now I've lost my son, Absalom. So he decides to bring Absalom back into his kingdom because he just missed him. And then Absalom, who had very little character, ends up taking the kingdom away from David. And David flees and Absalom takes over. And it's not enough just to take over the kingdom. He ends up chasing after his father to have him killed. I mean, this is what David's going through, okay? Some very difficult times. Now his son Absalom ends up getting killed in battle, and then David gets his kingdom back. I believe, though, that these difficult situations reconstructed David's character, right? Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. David went through suffering, and in the midst of all of that, David did not sin. David did not sin. 1 Kings 15.5 says this, For David had done what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not failed to keep any of the Lord's commands all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. So this, this lowly, lack of character guy suffers, perseveres, develops character, and then he's known as a man after God's own heart. 
And he writes most of the book of Psalms. By the way, if you're going through a difficult time and you're looking for a section of scripture to read, Psalms is the book to read. Because David wrote a lot of this when he was going through difficult times. And he would say, this is happening. They're chasing after me. What's going on? And then he would turn around and just say, but God, you are, you are faithful. You are worthy. And he never sinned in all of that. He had a heart after God. So the good news was that David was transformed. Even though it could have ended at a low point, it ended on a very high note in David's life. But that's the good news for us too. Each one of us. I wrote this down. It's not a fill-in for you, but you can jot it down if you want. Your lack of character in the past will not disqualify you in the future. I want you to think about that. Because each one of us, I'm guessing, is a sinner. We've been there. We've made mistakes. We've had those moments when we look a lot more, a lot more like King David than we do um, Uriah. But our lack of character does not disqualify us from anything. It starts with repentance. And, but in the middle of that, man, we are made clean, we are restored, and we have opportunity to continue to develop our character. Our character. I'm going to invite Rose to come up here. Because um, we're going to finish in a time of prayer, and I want to talk a little bit more about this. but I want to give her a chance because we're going to have two prayer opportunities today. So as Clint was speaking, I felt like in the first point, he says lack of character will eventually hurt the people we love. And I'm guessing most of us in this space have been hurt by someone with low character. And so... This morning, I'd like to pray for people who have been hurt and need to forgive. Because forgiveness brings freedom. And when we live in the unforgiveness, it, it hurts us. <laughs> it hurts us more than the other person. So, and I'm guessing Bathsheba, she had to forgive David for what he did. And David had to forgive his son, Absalom, for what he did. Because not forgiving his son, Absalom, for killing his other son and taking away his kingdom and all the things that Absalom did, why would David want his son to come back? That takes forgiveness and that takes love. So, yeah, so if you've been hurt by someone who has had low character um, and you need to forgive them, I'd like to pray for that. And I would just encourage you guys, um, forgiveness or unforgiveness, we, we, we hold on to that because it's a protection for us, right? I mean, that's what we think is that as long as I hold this unforgiveness towards this person, they can't hurt me again. But the reality is, is that you don't have to trust that person again. 
Okay, trust is earned, but forgiveness is expected. Scripture is very clear that he, God will forgive us as much as we forgive others. So if there's someone in your life that you've been holding on to unforgiveness for as a protection, I would just encourage you, you can still forgive and be protected. You don't have to give trust. That You let that be earned. But you can, you're called to forgive. All right, and so um, in a minute, we're going to close, and uh, that's a prayer opportunity. If you know that there's someone that you need to forgive, I'm going to have you come over here on this side of the stage, and Rose will lead you in a prayer of forgiving somebody, okay? And unloading that, and unloading that. But just going back to where I was at, um, you know, it's just God's the God of second chances, and third chances, and fourth chances, and fifth chances, and sixth chances, you know? Um, he continues to develop character, and he will forgive us for everything that we have done, and we can move forward. We can move forward in our lives. Um, I went through a divorce. I've shared that before here. And um, I remember being labeled as damaged goods. And if you haven't been through a divorce, you may not understand that. But if you have, there's just this, this uh, shame associated with going through a divorce where you take that on as you're now damaged goods. And the reality is, is that God can take us in any situation we're at and he can use us. And he will forgive us no matter what we've done. So the opportunity today, though, uh, is to repent of any past sins. Okay, um, we had a few people come up during first service for this prayer. And, and the cool thing about it was I looked at my watch and I said, today's November 14th. And so from this day forward, your life begins anew, you know. And so when the enemy tries to condemn you for something that happened before November 14th, you can just tell him to shut up, right? Because you're clean from this day forward, okay? And so if you are continually being shamed, uh, condemned from your past, I want to encourage you to come up. We'll pray a prayer of repentance and we'll be made clean from this day forward. You don't have to live in past mistakes, okay? You don't have to live there. We can all just pick up the slate and move forward. If David lived in those past mistakes, he would have never been able to take back his kingdom. He would have never been able to write another song. He would have never been able to sing another song. But God blessed him and blessed him so much. By the way, King Solomon, who ended up uh, replacing him as king, succeeding him, was Bathsheba's son, if you didn't know that. Bathsheba's son. God, God forgives completely and he moves forward completely. So let's all stand. I'm going to do a closing prayer. And even as I pray, uh, I'm going to encourage you, if you know that you need to forgive somebody over here, I'm going to encourage you to come up over here. And if you need forgiveness, you need to repent. I'm not going to make you share what you need to repent of but I'm going to give you an opportunity to walk out of here clean. I want you to come up over here on this side, okay? 
So as I pray, you guys feel free to walk up here and I'll do a closing prayer for the rest of us. Father, I thank you for your love and forgiveness for us. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to live in our past mistakes and we don't have to hold other people's past mistakes over them. We are not the judge and the jury you are. You want us to just simply love and to be loved. So Lord, if there's some people today who just need to come up and forgive others or, or to be forgiven, Lord, I pray that they would take this opportunity to do that, that they would be brave to do that. And I just come against the enemy that's trying to whisper reasons into our ears as to why we don't need to come up. <laughs> and by the way, if your heart's racing right now, um, that's a sure sign you're supposed to come up. Don't pass it up. So go with us, Father, as we leave this place. Let us walk in love and forgiveness, knowing that you're the God of second chances. And I pray that we would be willing to extend those to others as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys are now dismissed. Um, but if you would, come on up here and join us if you want to be part of these prayers. And but otherwise, take your conversations out into the atrium and have a great week. We'll see you next week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.